One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to It's All Kicking Off, another football roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and Simon Miller of What Culture Football here to discuss another burning football issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football wherever you get your podcasts from for daily football podcasts. As I said, though, joined by Arsenal fan Simon Miller to talk all about Arsenal's resurgence. Um, Sorry, they've They've defeated Man City and Liverpool in the past few days. Uh, I realised that I think less than a month ago, we did a whole video about the Arsenal dilemma and how it was all going wrong and there was a crisis. And yet now, this feels like a return to the Arsenal of old, no? I mean, it certainly does. It kind of does not it kind of doesn't because, don't get me wrong, I'm never going to moan about beating both Manchester City and Liverpool in the same week. Did I think it was going to happen beforehand? No, I didn't. I may have said to one of my Arsenal supporting friends, as long as it's not more than two, <laughs> I'll be happy. But the interesting thing is how they beat them. And this mm. is why I got excited about, I was already, I've been excited about Mikel Arteta since day one, just because of the way he speaks. But, you know, you mentioned the Arsenal of old. When Arsenal would regularly beat teams like, I mean, Man City are, you know, those two, they kind of passed each other, didn't they? Man City were going up and Arsenal were going down. But obviously Liverpool have always been somewhat of a force. And when Arsenal used to be Liverpool, they would just run over them, right? They'd run rampant. I remember the 4-1 victory and everything like that. But this was different. This was going against a team that they knew on both ends. They knew they are better than us in terms of the players they have and the momentum and, and whatnot. So what we'll do is we will basically out-strategize them. We won't worry about possession. You know, most games, Arsenal would have more possession for the team sort of in and around them and lower down the league. And yeah, Mikel Arteta... And I know there's other things, Liverpool's on the beach and whatever. I'm not saying it's just down to Arsenal. Of course it's not. But that's the really cool thing to me. It felt like the Arsenal of old getting good results, but it also felt like they went about it in a way that they wouldn't necessarily have had to have done beforehand. And that excites me because a criticism Arsenal always gets is they've got no grit, they've got no teeth. And yes, <laughs> sometimes you can watch performances and you'd have to be blind to, to pretend that's not true. But that wasn't the case here at all. They had all of those things and they got the goals and David Louise remembered how to defend. <laughs> these, are, these are all positive steps. So yeah, I, I came away again, still, um, you know, cautiously optimistic, because, especially with the way that the season has gone post lockdown. You just never know. But, you know, you can't worry about that. You can't. You just have to look at what you've done and give them all a round of applause. I thought it was fantastic. No, I mean, Arsenal have always been, you know, a joy to watch throughout this so-called crisis in the last few years where they've struggled, yeah. obviously. Um, I completely agree. I mean, I, like I said, we were doing a podcast a month ago about Arsenal and talking about the confusion over why you offer David Luiz a new contract. And they, yet you see his performance. He must be so frustrating as an Arsenal fan when you see him showcasing his abilities when he's 
I don't know whether it's whether he's when he's trying or whether he's just properly concentrating or whatever it is. You remember why so many teams have paid so much money and put him in such a central position um, mm. for them. But yeah, I, I think the thing that a lot of people have said over recent years about Arsenal is they'll they'll put on these sensational performances against lesser teams, and then people go, oh, "Yeah, but they can't get it done uh, against the big four or the big six or whatever." And yet, like you say, they defeated yes a Liverpool side who were all only trying to get a hundred point. Uh, record, but then again, I think if you ask any Liverpool fan, would you take a hundred points record, or would you rather just win the league? Then you know what they're going to say. <laughs> but that Manchester City performance in the FA Cup, I mean, you'd ask me ahead of the weekend, it, I, I'd have said City are pretty much nailed on to win the FA Cup, and yet you you outplayed them, uh, and the goals you scored were absolutely brilliant. I mean, they were that, that was like old school Arsenal goals, you know, flowing football, all the passes, everybody knowing exactly what they needed to do at that given time with a goal scorer who, if you give him the opportunity, does not miss ever. Like I, I'm happy to go on record by saying that. And that's and that's, of course, you know, it's such a boring football cliche, but that does start from the back. And so then, you know, when you look at this team and you realize, oh, man, everyone did do their, you know, they, they knew their responsibilities and they took them on and look how we functioned. And then you kind of start kicking yourself, like, why can't we do this every week? Well, that's the, you know, that's the beauty of magic of football. And that was the thing. It was the way, you know, nobody could say after that match, oh, Arsenal didn't deserve to win. I, I would argue that. I would say there's no way that's true at all. And it wasn't like Man- Manchester City were going after this. Of course they were, because you know in Pep Guardiola's head, he thinks, okay, league, absolute disaster this year. We'll win another treble. You know, I'll win mm. the Champions League. I'll win both the domestic cups. And then I'm Pep Guardiola. Obviously, he's, we know he's got, the, he's got one down. Will they win the Champions League? Well, who knows, right? It's going to be an absolute bizarre thing. So to lose this, and of course with the extra story bit being the, you know, the teacher gets bested by the student. Oh, man, all of it just came together so well. And there's always rumours that Mustafi's going to leave, Luis is going to, well, not now, but there was, or, you know, Bamiyang's going to leave, or Lacazette's going to leave. I really think what we need to do now, obviously a few players are going to have to go, given the financial situation. But you can look through that squad and come up with the obvious ones. Um, but you know, maybe Mustafi's probably not as essential. I still think he's far better than he was, but we obviously have players coming in that could essentially take his uh, his place anyway. But those those front figures... None of them should be leaving. You know, we should mm. be, you know, the way to compete in the Premier League now is ridiculous squads. <laughs> it just <laughs> is. You know, even Liverpool probably need a couple of extras f- for next year. And Man City, actually, their squad is deep, but their first team, especially defensively, needs it. Arsenal aren't going to be competing with them next year, probably not even the year after that. So the last thing we want to do is start shipping people out now when clearly they're starting to understand what Mikel Arteta wants to do. You know, you want to get into that amazing thing that all the great teams have where new faces seamlessly fit in because they're being taught from above and then that person goes on, you know, play, play, play sort of on the bench, off the bench for a season and then they, they go finish their career. That's what Arsenal, you know, need to, be, need to be doing. And I think the good thing about having a week where you beat City and Liverpool, you know, are we going to win the FA Cup? Chelsea look pretty good against United. It's a toss of a coin. It's a final you don't know. But if we don't get into Europe, even Europa League, you still have this tiny thing in your stomach where you think, well, maybe you could attract players if Mikel Arteta can send that, you know, footage mm. to someone and say, but this is what I'm trying to do. And if you can buy into that, I promise you trophies are coming. And that was exciting to me too. So, yes, obviously we'll lose to Villa later and all of this will be <laughs> redundant. But again, that's the, the point is it still happened. Even if there is a blip, well, it's just more information that Mikel Arteta can take on. And hopefully... That's been the coolest thing about post-lockdown. Any mistakes like you mentioned with David Luiz have been rectified. Mm. And if he keeps rectifying things and he keeps learning, then yeah, year, year and a half, 
I'll, 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 you know, secretly keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> I want to talk about the uh, Villa game later and a little bit more about some of the key players for Arsenal going forward into next season. But you talk about Arteta there and, uh, you know, even when we were sat here a month or so ago talking about this dilemma, this crisis again at Arsenal, uh, you weren't the sort of person who's pointing fingers at the management. And I think that's fair. I think... They have transformed under Arteta. And we, we talked a little bit about this at the time, that whilst they weren't you know, necessarily getting the right results, it was the mentality around the team, which wasn't necessarily translating on the pitch, but there was a togetherness. It feels that he's sowed within this squad and that appears to be bearing fruit a little bit now. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And I, it always ties into the Gwendouzi situation. You know, Gwendouzi had that tantrum in the Brighton game all rumours and speculation, but there's evidence to suggest that it is true. Mouthed off. Mikel Arteta said, don't do that. Gwen Doozy went, I'll do what I want. He went, all right, go train over there. <laughs> and ever since, he hasn't been in the team. And again, that kind of ties into it too, because it shows that he's not going to take any nonsense. And that, you know, if you are on his good side, it's almost like he'll let you into his... It's, it's very Pep Guardiola, a little bit of Jose in there, a bit of Klopp too, you know, because publicly he's very supportive of, of his players. And of course that's going to be rectified on the... Uh, sorry, matched on the pitch. It's also why, you know, Aubameyang may actually stay. It sounds like the reason that, you know, anything you read now sounds far more positive than it did for six weeks ago when he was going to Juventus or Real or whatever the hell the room... I think Barcelona over Real... But now it sounds like, you know, you're seeing progress on the pitch and whatever's going on behind the scenes is, has put a smile on everybody's face. And then if he does stay and you still know if new players are coming in, again, you can't muck around because he doesn't got any time for it. I think it's a really, really good situation to be in because I love Wenger. We said this last time. He could have been in charge till he died. And I'd have been like, yep, no problem. You keep going, man. But it sounded like he did the, the discipline and the, the structure sounded like it had gone. Now, they still played wonderful football from time to time, but the, the hierarchy had collapsed. Arteta, I don't think Emery had ever had that. It sounds like Arteta has brought that back. And you have seen it. Again, you know, we mentioned Mustafi. Xhaka's playing out of his skin. You know, I, I wouldn't have minded if he had gone in January. Now I'm like, no, don't, don't sell Xhaka. In fact, give him the captaincy back if you want. I don't mind. And that ties into... To, and David Luiz is that... You know, it sounds like David Luiz is a really positive influence in the locker room too. And you are going to need that. So, yeah, it, it all seems to tie in. And the person that's holding it together is the manager. And that's how it should be. Now, please give him some money. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You talk about, yeah, this Arsenal resurgence. And like you say, it's not just about the, the team. It's about individuals. I think that's a fair fair way of reflecting how this, this team's transformed. Now, there's uh, rumours and speculation. Let's talk a little bit about the, the squad itself. Uh, certainly rumours and speculation today about the future of Meza Ozil. And the only stumbling block appears to be who is willing to give him insane <laughs> amounts of money wherever he decides to play or not, not play football going forward. But... We saw a flash of it in these games. I think I think most neutral fans would say that they enjoy watching Arsenal play and, you know, hope Arsenal do well. We saw, obviously, Aubameyang uh, really shine in that FA Cup game. Kieran Tierney is finally oh, yeah. becoming the player that I hope people hoped he was when you signed him. But who, who else would you say your key, key players uh, looking ahead into next season, for example? Oh, I mean, I mean... I have a soft spot for Rob Holding. I know we're bringing a lot of defenders in, um, but before Rob Holding got injured, I really thought he was a very, uh, just a good, he's big, right? He's a big old school solid centre-back, which is what Arsenal were built upon when they were being super successful. Then he got that terrible injury and he came back under Emery and he had niggles and I don't think those two ever clicked. But the more I've seen him play this season, again, especially post-lockdown, I think whatever is there has come back. And I think that's the same for Hector Bellerin too. Mm. You know, I mean, he's not, you know, he's more of a, it's, well, like you can kind of argue it both ways. I would say he's a better attacker than he is a defender, but he can still do, do the job. And I think that's why you hear his name being connected with Barcelona a lot. You do, like it happens all the time. I don't think they're just mucking around with that. So, you know, if you can get those two to gel, and Saka seems to be able to play everywhere, so mm-hmm. anywhere he wants. So, you know, and you know, and Saka and Willock and all of these guys, if they can all, I think Bellerin's the oldest. I don't know how Holding is top of my head. I think Bellerin is the oldest, and obviously Saka and Willock are really young. But if they can progress and evolve together and grow up with this Arsenal spirit, they all have because they've been at the club so long. And you tie in the likes of Tierney again; he's only early twenties and so forth. Then you know, these are the guys that I think will actually form the the structure and the foundations going forward you mentioned Ozil uh, I still I don't think he's going to be integrated back into the team uh, I think that we should have enough trust in Arteta given how he is handling the squad that he's made the right decision to me the whole Ertzel thing is just he's not on a team well we'll moan about it he isn't a team well we'll moan about it there's no <laughs> there's never any kind of a thread running through it but he will go I assume we still do need a creative goal scoring midfielder <laughs> much like Aaron Ramsey that was a smart decision but um, we do need that because, and also we, you know, we need goals to come from somewhere else. We can't keep relying on Aubameyang time and time again because he will go through a drought, as all strikers, as all strikers do. And on that note, that's not an insult to Lacazette either. I think Lacazette does far more than people realise. Mm. Be it running into the spaces, the channels, holding the balls up, you know, all those classic cliches that people <laughs> throw out there. But it is true. He creates. Uh, the space for Aubameyang to get into and then score, but you do need goals to be coming from midfield. And at the moment, you know, Saka could certainly be that guy, but you probably want someone that has a few more years experience. But the cool thing is, is I can keep throwing, 
you know these names out and it, you know, it also sounds like Ceballos may stay for another year too mm. it's a shame that he's not keen on long term in England but I get it he's from Spain he wants to make it at Real Madrid but he's still only like 22 years old so even another year under Arteta maybe he will you know get an affiliation with London and decide to stay I don't think he's much of a goal scorer but he's certainly a, a creative dude that can mm. uh, in the FA Cup he was he was phenomenal so again there's all these good stuff and even I'd much rather be able to bet the bank on long-term things. But right now, as you are rebuilding, even knowing you've got Sabias for another year before he does leave, it's a loan thing. It's not like you're losing massive amounts of money. So I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Um, your loss of Bernd Leno was, was uh, such a shame, obviously. But I, I can't completely name completely escapes me. Your replacement goalkeeper, from what I've seen, Martinez, was, was, yeah. Martinez looks really good. You've got Martinelli, haven't you? That's the one I was thinking of. He's a oh, striker. Yeah, yeah. And he got looked, injured as well. He's out for he's out till 2021, which massively so because he yeah. looks he, the, the 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 glimpses I saw of him just dominating the Europa League. He was so oh, excited. Okay. When it comes to Guendouzi, like you say, he's he's temperamental. Let's say. But he's also, I think, potentially a really big player for you. What, what do Arsenal fans think of him? No, in terms of on the pitch, he's he's great. Like, he really, really is. And it kind of ties into the reason he got in trouble. He's confident. He's brash. All the words we talked about a minute ago. <laughs> and he's creative, too. So he kind of ticks all those boxes. But, yeah, I was listening to an interview with someone who's known him since he was young, growing up in the French football system. And he has an attitude. That's what he said. It's good in a way because he's he's arrogant in the way you want your big sports stars to be arrogant, but he hasn't quite reached it to that level. You know, he needed his arrogance to sort of grow with his ability. Again, to me, would I want him in the team looking at it just from a football point of view, especially with the performances that I've seen, uh, particularly before lockdown? I would say yes. But this comes down to a trust situation. And again, I'm going to keep going back to this, but I trust Mikhail Arteta. I just do, because... I think we've seen the evidence of it now. So if he thinks that having him in the squad is ultimately going to have a bad, you know, he's going to give a bad impression to the likes of, um, you know, Willock and Saka and these people that have come through the academy, then he's got to go. Footballing reasons, I don't want him to go. But Arsenal for too long has been, uh, it's been soft, you know, Mm. in the underbelly. So that needs to change. It would be terrible. But I kind of think you'd probably get... I mean, I don't know. Who knows what the current budget and football market is. But you'd probably get around $45 for him, which I think Arsenal would be able to spend on maybe not somebody as good coming through the door, but if they could work with Mikel Arteta, could actually get better. If Gwendouzi does, as the rumour says, have an attitude problem, because that will hold him back no matter where he Mm. ends up. But ultimately, in terms of uh, not having him even to come off the bench, of course, it's a massive shame. He's a talented football player. Like, there's mm. no two ways about it. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, but it is Sod's Law tonight. After all this uh, yeah, excitement yeah. around Arsenal, that they are going to slip up on the banana peel that is Aston Villa tonight. How do you see tonight's game going? Well, the thing is, I don't. It all depends. Like, they had a crazy week where we've said they've beaten the two biggest teams in the country. So there's every chance that mentally they could be a bit shot. I never think that is an excuse because I think if you're a professional sportsman, you should be or you should be able to handle that. But when you also throw in the fact that Aston Villa, what are Arsenal fighting for? You know, a couple of million pounds if they manage to get out of the league. They're not going to get into the Europa League spaces in the in the, in the qualifying through the Premier League. Whereas Aston Villa need to win. If Aston Villa don't win, they're pretty much relegated. In fact, they may mathematically be relegated. I haven't looked in a in a couple of days. 
So that may be the that may be the difference. So I don't think it would be a huge. I wouldn't feel like oh, you know, baby out with the bathwater straight away. Like I can't believe it because when you get into these latter parts of the season and you're sort of you know stranded mid table and someone else is like, well, this is our FA Cup final. It certainly could happen. But at the same time, these are the games that Arsenal need to be able to control. Mm. They need to know all of this going in, and they need to have the tactics and the strategy to back it up. And look, they have better players. They do. Arsenal have better players than Aston Villa, so they should be able to see the game out. I think it'll be quite tight. Um, I don't think Aston Villa are going to just let Arsenal run over them. But I do think, uh, you know, I I can see it sort of being 2-0 to Arsenal. That wouldn't surprise me. And if that does happen, that's another clean sheet as well, which Mm. is uh, a feather in their cap. So that's what I would go with. But I wouldn't be an Arsenal who will be on Twitter if this does happen going oh it's doom and gloom if Aston Villa beat them because I think you have to look at the circumstances and you know Arsenal have slipped up you know their first game post lockdown they got whooped by Man City (laughs) so it goes to show things can change on a on a sixpence as everybody in football says even though we haven't had a sixpence in in (laughs) years but I think we will win I think that Mikhail I think Mikhail Arteta would see it as a huge uh, sort of getting rid of all this goodness if he let that happen and I don't think he's going to I think the players think that as well well apologies in advance uh, if there's curses uh, tonight's <laughs> game from a, from a personal fantasy football perspective I really hope Arsenal thrash them because Aubameyang's in my fantasy team oh me too absolutely but, I, I, think, uh, I think they'll win I'm confident they'll win I think they'll use last week as uh, I think it will show them that okay we've got something here let's not drop the ball I think uh, to use another footballing cliche Whoever scores first will probably go on to win the game. I think you're right too, because it will show Aston Villa that Arsenal are vulnerable. And yeah, if Arsenal sort of get the scent, again, they've just played against some of the best players in the world. Aston Villa have some awesome players. Like Jack Grealish is great, but mm-hmm. I heard it described wonderfully the other day when, um, I can't remember the term they use now, but everybody was saying that, oh, they rely on Jack Grealish too much. And he was like, no, they don't. If they relied on Jack Grealish too much, they'd be mid-table. The point is, <laughs> He's still not good enough mm-hmm. to keep them in the, and that's the thing. He's a you know, he's a top four, top six player. He just is. But everybody, apart from McGinn, everybody else around him are struggling. I'm not saying they mm-hmm. can't play in the Premier League, but they're struggling. So Arsenal should be able to do away with that kind of opposition, and I believe they will. I am a confident, positive man. Uh, finally, looking ahead to next season, like you say, if you win the FA Cup, you're you'll be in the Europa League, which is good but also potentially a little bit of a distraction yeah. uh, we've done a series of of these podcasts about the likes of manchester city about manchester united liverpool chelsea etc saying oh you know this could be a really exciting season next year in terms of who can win the premier league you sense it's probably still going to be one from two but who knows how uh, how chelsea and united are going to change things up in the summer and potentially return uh, after the whatever this is weird summer break uh, but what, what, what are your hopes and expectations for next season like can you foresee Arsenal being title contenders or will you be satisfied with potentially a, a return to the top four I can't see them being title contenders just because you know they're so far behind especially Liverpool <laughs> and Man City and they will strengthen like I think Aki has basically being confirmed as going to Man City this morning so they're going to try and strengthen their defense and Liverpool will bring a couple of players in and even if they don't their team is ridiculous and obviously Manchester United are getting better Chelsea have had a great season Wolves continue to plow on so yeah I think challenging for the Champions League places is a realistic hope to have whether or not next year is too soon 
it all depends on the summer. But that's why, ideally, I would like Arteta to win the FA Cup so he's got a trophy straight away. Not a bad thing to do within six to eight months of your first proper appointment. But getting in the Europa League, it means more money. So it means there'll be some more transfer money available, you would hope. Um, but it also means you know some players will be more attracted to the club. I know that the Europa League is not as awesome as the Champions League, but you still get to play European football, and you know that comes with extra financial gain as well. So that's that's what I think the ideal scenario for the next six to twelve months is. And then if sort of this time, well, this time next year in a normal season, so I guess April, March, April time, um, you know, if they're you know in contention for the third or fourth, depending on what the other teams do. I, you know, I would be happy. I think really you just want them to push on, right? Because there was that time where Arsenal always finished fourth and it was funny. Oh, you think it's like a trophy. And now Arsenal fans are like, please finish fourth. <laughs> so you know, that, that has, uh, we've degraded since then. So now we've got to switch it around. So if next season it's challenging for Champions League spots and then year after that being uh, almost secured Champions League spots and then hopefully after that fighting for trophies again. I mean, Jurgen Klopp has proven give people time. You know, five years ago, I think if anyone had said that everyone knew how good he was, but if you had said, oh, he's going to come in and do this and do that, and you'd be like, what? No, no, he won't. Look at that. You know, his team is his team is isn't good enough. And again, people worry about players, but even when he bought in Salah, everyone was like, what? No, he's rubbish at Chelsea. Oh well, he's not anymore. So <laughs> it's all about these relationships that the players forms with the coach. So take it easy, be patient. There's going to be some good times. There'll be some crap times. I mean, we lost to Tottenham, right? That was only like nine days ago, or whatever. That sucked. <laughs> But I do feel like we're headed in the right direction. So, yeah, in contention for Champions League next year, to me, sounds like a good step forward. And if we don't get it, I'll be upset. But I will believe in the project. And I would say that maybe under Emery last year, I didn't, I was, I was still optimistic to a point, but I didn't know what the project was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's the difference now. And really, when you know where you want to go, you should get there. Fingers crossed. Uh, very quickly, Sai, we're talking about the Arsenal of old. What are your fav- What's your favourite memory of of the, the the glory years? Oh, oh man, um, well, the the Burkamp goal against Newcastle is, is which I watch at least three times a week, and I can't stand people go. He didn't mean to do it. I don't care. He did it. You go out there and try to accidentally do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, when Henri, you know, came in and all of a sudden went from being. Someone getting used to the Premier League to being just one of the greatest imports. To, hmm. and, and seeing him with Bergkamp. I mean, that, anything with Henri and Bergkamp just, uh, it just melts my heart. It's just, ah, oh, it's just the best. And obviously the, you know, the undefeated season, the Invincibles, which I don't actually think I appreciated at the time hmm. because Arsenal were on such a good runner form. Like, yeah, we'll do whatever we want. We'll ask the <laughs> club. Uh, and and, it, and it's sort of Ian Wright's um, final year at the club as well. I absolutely loved. You knew that it was his final year and... He was always my favorite. He was the reason I started uh, supporting Arsenal. Like I lived, you know, where I lived, I could have supported one of about seven teams, but it mm. was, you know, it was Ian Wright. I was like, no, you're the, you know, you, you're the best. So yeah, that first season we won the double as well. And it actually felt like we usurped Manchester United's reign over everything. I, mean, mm. I, thought, I thought it was really, really special because it felt like how the hell, how the hell did we do this? And then to go on to be a dominant force for a while and then you fall away, but it happens to the best of them. So yeah, but Henri and Burkamp together, that's my, my favourite memories. Well, let, you, let us know your thoughts on Arsenal's resurgence in the comments section below. And don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at What Culture FC. Cy, where can people get you on Twitter? 
Uh, Simon Miller 316 would have changed that Twitter handle if I knew what my future was, but I haven't, so I'm there. <laughs> you can get me at Adam Wilborn. Get us all at What Culture FCSA. But this has been It's All Kicking Off. My thanks to Simon Miller. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.